Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. God knows you personally. This, this is all I want to try and, try and say in 20, 25 minutes. Some of you need this and you need to understand it, that God is a personable God, that he absolutely knows your situation. He even knew you in your mother's womb. He put you together there. And all of a sudden you think God doesn't know your situation or doesn't know your circumstance or doesn't know your, your life. He does. He knows every part every facet, every molecule of your life, every hair on your head, he knows. And that's what I want to speak about tonight. Now, th- this, is, th- this can get a little bit touchy because some people actually want religion between them and God, meaning that they would actually like to come to church where it's not so much in your face. And, and in that, there's some routine you can go through some tradition, routine, and look, it's a little bit objective, you know, in, in the sense of you just find your own level. But what's happening worldwide is this, this type of church is just being brutally honest with people. And it's saying, Jesus, you've you got to have a, a, a real relationship with him. In fact, you've got to be real with God, yourself, and other people. I, I counsel people like that. I counsel people, I've actually counseled people as simply as saying that, especially people who have duplicity, that say one thing or live one way, but they do another thing and they don't follow through and their character's not developed yet. So um, one of the great things you can do as a game plan in life is be real with God, be real with God, be real with yourself and be real with other people. That will get you plenty in life. That will get you a long way. Who can understand that? Is that good? So that's a freebie. That's yours. God speaking. I said this morning that God was speaking. What's this message called? Grace, God knows you, part two. And guess what? God called you. Um, It it says here that um, John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. John 15, 16. And then I had James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then 2 Chronicles 15, verse 2 says, The Lord is with you while you are with him. As you get closer to Jesus, as you become acquainted and closer to Jesus, Stuff starts to happen. And that's what happened for Julie and Phil in the early 90s. In 93, we had an encounter with God and we got personally, intimately acquainted with Jesus in a most powerful way. We felt his love being lavished on us. It says that in scripture, that he's lavished his love on us. And so then we realized that, my God, there's more to God than what we ever thought. There is much more to God than I ever imagined. And my God, I wouldn't mind, like Moses said, show me your ways, God. Show me your ways. Show me more of you, who you are. Uh, You know, we're in this now. I mean, you know, because if you just keep camping around the same revelation, 
We're in boot camp. We get 70, 80, 90 years. Margaret Whitlam, she lived for 92. Extraordinary. My dad's 87, 86. He's doing well. But listen, that is so minute compared to eternity. This is like the classroom of God for you to work out whose side you're on. You've got to serve somebody, Bob Dylan said. Maybe the devil, maybe the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. You've got to work that out. That's what, we're, that's what the gospel's about. You've got to serve somebody. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be the world, materialism, stuff, stuff, stuff? Or is it going to be God, God, God? You, God, God, God. Yeah. I love this passage. And it's fantastic. It's going to help us understand uh, what we need in life. And that was that scripture I just quoted. My grace is sufficient. I love it. But grace is what, and we've been explaining, you need to go onto podcasts. You can do that. You can go on the uh, C3 Facebook and uh, it'll explain over a period of five weeks what grace is. I want to bring another aspect of what grace is. And for the people who haven't heard me thus far, I basically want to say this, that grace is God's unmerited favor of God towards men. It's God's activity by His Spirit, His truth, His love. It's His love in these ingredients. It's His love by mercy, grace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and knowledge. Now, when I hit that word knowledge, I went, my God, what does that really mean? I think I know what it means. And it basically means exactly that. He knows every hair on your head. He has a knowledge of you personally. And guess what? I don't care how much of a poker face you got. I don't know. I don't care what, how good you are at presenting yourself. But even Paul on the road to Damascus was demasked. Demasked. And Jesus, of course, demasked Saul and allowed him to be Paul the apostle. This is, this is the tough stuff of what the gospel does to you. Demasks you, brings you back to who you truly are in God. Do you like that, Jules? So God is personal. The, the four stages of salvation tells us this. Uh, God is personal. God loves you, created you, and he created you to be personally acquainted with him in commune with him God's love it says in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish and I said this morning that it's a bit like this that if you were the only one on the planet he still would have done that personally for you some people have this feeling like I'm in this I'm in this club I, 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 I've subscribed to Foxtel and I'm just another number no You are personally now in communion with the almighty God of the universe. And he knew you from the beginning. And he was so glad that you said yes to him on that day. And because of that now, he is busily, actively working his grace of love, mercy, goodness, kindness around you trying to prove to you his amazing plan and destiny and purpose for your life. Who can believe that? It's swirling around you. It's all around you. In fact, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
meaning that his spirit was loosed across the planet and supernaturally it's swirling around you, man. You can't help it. You're walking and it's just around you. It's speaking to you. It's following you. It's in front of you. It's around you. You can't go anywhere. You can be in a pub, but you'll even find a drunk crying in their bib. God is speaking to that drunk. He doesn't care about places. He goes in, shines his light. Love that song, Jamie. And he's shining his light to you. And you've got to open your heart to receive this divine light upon your life. Oh my goodness. God's plan, John 17 verse 3 says, now this is eternal life. Well, Pastor Phil, what's this eternal life you're talking about? Help me. Look, I'm, I'm sort of getting it, but uh, help me. Well, it says here, John 17 verse 3, now this is eternal life, that they may know you. Ah, oh, so there's more to this than coming to church and, and, and doing all this stuff. Oh, yeah, you got to get to know God. The only true God, by the way, Jesus Christ, whom the Father has sent. It's a very personal invitation. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. It's very personal. When you come into someone's house and you eat with them, yeah. it's a personal deal, man, because you're now at the table. You're asking about the kids. Oh, man, how long have you been living here, man? Wow, nice house. Wow, beautiful food, by the way. Great. Fantastic. Wow, you're nice people, you know. It's all personal stuff. Knocking at the door of your heart, wanting to come in, share a meal. Who wants to share a meal? He, Jesus is doing meals tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Uh, he, he'll do 10-minute, uh, not smokers. No, you won't do that. He, he'll do 10-minute he'll do ten minute, ten minute little meals with people. Who's into that? Who wants to share a little meal with Jesus? Yeah, I'm seeing some hands again. That's pretty good. Pretty daring stuff, doing a meal with Jesus. I'm telling you what. Wow, that's fantastic. It says here, can you even imagine that God has this personal knowledge of you? Psalm 139, verse 1. You don't mind some scriptures tonight, do you? Oh, Lord. Psalm 139, verse 1. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Oh, he knows me. What, he knows C3 Church? No, he knows you. I'm trying to look at every single one of you, but I haven't got time to do that, sorry. <laughs> I've got six of you anyway. 139, verse 2 says... You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my goings out and my lying down. And you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. And it goes on. You hem me in. You know me. This knowledge is too wonderful for me. I praise you and it carries on. I haven't got time to read all this. And even in the womb, it says here, verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days. Or, man, I wasn't even safe from God in my mother's womb. He was looking at me, putting me together. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 139 verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Now, can you imagine saying, oh, this one, what can I do with this one? Oh, they're not much good. No, God is like Andrew. Andrew is the perfect example. Everyone he meets is excellent. Oh, they're awesome. What did he say tonight? He, he was saying, they're, they're, what'd you say? You, you said they're amazing. Superstars. Why is he saying that? He's trying to tell you that you are awesome. 
that everyone's awesome just because they're not in the church. They're awesome. Oh, I just see, saw someone smoking a bong at the local park and, and man, I had a few words with him. He's awesome. I don't know what that is, but that's his disposition. Moses on the Mount Sinai, I haven't got time. He says, show me your ways. Exodus 33, verse 13. Teach me your ways. He's having this full-blown encounter with God. Mount Sinai, he's about to get the, the tablets, the, the Word of God, the Ten Commandments. He's about to get this. But he's having a full-blown encounter now with God. He's got God right where he wants him. He says, God, show me your ways. You're awesome. Wow. Can you, can you show me more? I'm getting the impression, but man, woo. Can you show me more? Can you show me your glory? Show me your glory, Lord. That's what I want. Because the glory is the majesty, the wonder, the radiance, the goodness of God. It's everything. It's going, whoa. Oh, oh. The Bible says he falls to his knees. Because God says, I'm going to have mercy on who I want mercy with. I'm going to be compassionate who I want compassionate to be compassionate with. I'm going to be good to who I want to be good with. Man, could you imagine? Imagine if only we, each one of us could realize that every one of us could imagine the thoughts and the goodness and the love of God towards us, you would hit the deck. You would go, oh my God, I never knew. I never knew you thought I was so amazing. I would have done better. I could have tried harder. Man, I could have... But you can, because you you can hear the voice of God. You can know the voice of God. You can know this more of God, and it's called grace. Praise God, we're moving on. Why don't we see it? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.8. We're blind, we're deaf. It says here, 2 Corinthians 2.8, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. I don't know. I haven't seen it, Pastor Phil. I haven't heard what you're talking about. I haven't even conceived it, Pastor Phil, what you're talking about. What God has prepared for those who love you. Look, I'm not really buying into this. I don't really understand that God's got a purpose of destiny for me. Why not? Verse 2.10 says, 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Put up your hand if you know the Holy Spirit. That's good. It's about 40%. It's not too bad. We've got to get the rest acquainted with the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that represents Jesus and illuminates Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to quite understand who God is. Got to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Got to get baptized. Luke 24, 16. Okay, let's check this out. The road to Amemaeus. Luke, help me. What did I say? Was it Luke 24, 24, 13? Luke 24:13. I hope it is. These are two guys. They're walking along the road. Jesus has been crucified. And these guys are walking along the road. Let's crunch this. Something happens, and I believe this will show us something. Now, that same day, two of them will go into a village called Amemaeus. Is that up there? About seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything. What had happened? Well, what happened? Jesus was crucified. That's what happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Oh, no. He asked them, Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? 
They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened? These in these days, these things in these days? Well, what things, he says. Jesus says, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, the chief priests and our, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see, not seeing again. And he said to them, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Do, <laughs> did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village, now here we go, and as they approached the village, so they're walking, literally walking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, talking to this guy, just downcast, not really looking at him. He's asking questions, but they're not really seeing Jesus. I wonder how many times Jesus is walking with us. We don't actually see him. Uh, but they urged him strong as they approached the village to which they were going. Jesus acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, communion, powerful man. When they took bread, see, when you have communion, don't underestimate what can happen in communion when we take communion. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked, as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven. And it is true, the Lord has risen. Was not our hearts burning? When we were walking with Jesus, I believe the anointing came upon them. This Thursday, ladies' meeting, the anointings. These guys, these young ministers are the most profound young ministers I have encountered for a long time. They're going to be here in this house this Thursday. Miranda, she's going to be preaching to the ladies. Invite all the ladies you can for this Thursday. She carries such a strong anointing. The anointing will open people's eyes. I read a scripture out before, people's eyes are blinded by the spirit of the age, by the principalities and powers and stuff that blind you, that dumb you down, that stop you seeing God. You know, too much TV, too much secularism, too much living in the world will dumb you down. You won't see God. But can I tell you one of the main essential, one of the main essential realities of God is that He is spirit. He doesn't come to you with clothes on. He comes to you by His Spirit to speak to you, to bless you. You've got to receive it by your Spirit. You've got to receive the Holy Ghost by the voice of God, by the Spirit. Who can believe that? 1 John 2.20 says, You have an anointing from the Holy One. Who has? Every one of you. Of all that, and, and all of you know the truth. 1, uh, 1 John 2.24 See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, even eternal life. It says, it says here, 1 John 2, 26, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Don't let people lead you astray out into 
you know, the back paddocks of life. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. It's towards you. It's ready there to receive if you receive it by faith. Who can believe that tonight? You do not need anyone to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you who Jesus is. But as this anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And dear children, uh, continue in him so that he appears. So when he appears, he may, we may be confident, unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of God. I love this scripture, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Can I just explain something before I go and finish? It's basically this, Luke 7, 44, and I've got to squeeze this in. This is a story. Jesus has been invited to a meal by a Pharisee called Simon. Jesus obliges, he comes to this house. He's sitting there, a woman comes, a woman of the night, a prostitute, comes into the house and begins to anoint Jesus' feet, wash his feet and anoint his head with oil and really, you know, honor him. Listen to this story as I quickly tell the story. Luke 7, 44. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. It was a custom in those days to give the person who come into your house a kiss, wash their feet, by the way. Uh, is anyone doing that at, at, in your house? <laughs> this is what they used to do in those days. They wash your feet, anoint you, and uh, give you a kiss. In you come. Extreme hospitality. The Jews do it so well. You do not give me any water for my feet. But she wet. Now, now I'll back it up. Now, Jesus is actually asking, do you see? And when he says, do you see? He's just not saying, do you see? He's actually saying, do you understand? Do you really see who this woman is? Now, get this, get this. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Okay, I'll stop. Here it is, guys. The Pharisee couldn't see that woman in who she really was, an extravagant worshiper of Jesus. He cast judgment. He said, this woman, I know this woman. She's a sinner. She's a woman of the night. And Jesus, if you were a prophet, you would recognize who she was. His seeing was all wrong, the Pharisee. And Jesus said, she's already forgiven. Even before she got there, the teaching is that she was already forgiven. She was forgiven muchly, huge. And because of that, she became extravagant 
in her respect and honor of Jesus. The Pharisees saying, this woman, if you knew, Jesus, that she is a sinner. Jesus said, if you knew, Simon, and if you had grace. Some of the people that come in our church, I mean, we have people that come. And I don't think he's here tonight, but there's a guy that comes down down the front in our worship time and stands quite close to the altar and loves to worship and you can tell he's really rough eh? he's got tattoos up each arm he's lived a rough rough life let's be honest how many of us go who does that guy think he is what's he doing up there but he's worshiping you know what i think we all need some of that we're too respectful I want to be like Moses who saw the goodness of God and fell down in his knees and said, oh my God, oh God. Julie told me of this show the other night and it was the great makeover and they gave him a new house and there was these six refugee kids from Africa and they got him a new house and they, they gave him scholarships. When they gave him the scholarships, they got a new house. That was one thing. They go, wow, new house, new car, new appliances new bedroom when the kid was given when the six kids were given a scholarship each they fell down to the ground because that meant their destiny to survive in america gainfully employed to be able to hold their heads up in society they fell at their they literally fell cried have we got that sort of worship let's all stand god bless you or do we go jesus yeah you saved my life yeah whatever Maybe some of us need to be traveling on the road to Amemaeus. Maybe we need the anointing on us. Maybe we need to get here Thursday night at the women's conference. That's the women. Maybe we need to get here Friday night if you're a young person at the SG, young adults. Maybe you need to get here to the Saturday night, Saturday night meeting. That's an open meeting for everyone to get the anointing on you. The anointing will open your eyes. The anointing will give you understanding. The anointing will give your eyes like Jesus to see the sinners and see all the people as superstars as Andrew said you're a superstar you're not a sinner you're a superstar you drug addict you whatever and you know what I believe this when C3 Tugger begins to reflect this sort of grace and have this grace that says all welcome come whatever whatever you're embroiled in whatever's going down in your life come Right now, I want to pray for eyes to be open. Right now, I want to pray for hearts to be responsive to God's extravagant love. That love where you should fall down and worship Him. Don't be so respectful. God's amazing love paid a great price for your life. God's amazing love is lavish. It's awesome. Its fullness is wonderful and powerful. Why don't you come down to the altar right now? Come right now. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.